book of Colossians again. Book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. We want to read from verse 12. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of, of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him I say, whether they be things and enemies or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own inspired and divine word. And let's just ban a word of prayer. Father, thank you again for your people out this morning. We think of those who are away today. We ask you to bless them and encourage them. Those who are sick, Lord, and at home, feeling unwell and unable to be here, we pray, Lord, that you, Lord, would touch them and help them where they are, meet them at the point of their need. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all who are here this morning, for the children who are down in children's church, for the leaders and all the adults, Lord, that would be there to help. And Father, we think of the crash as well and those that will be down in the crash open. And we pray, Father, that you would just bless them. And I thank you for their faithfulness, Lord, to come to minister to these little ones. So, Father, we pray now, even for those who are watching live or later, we pray, O oh God, that you would give them their portion of the blessing too. And to that end, Lord, would you bless your people here this morning, here and whoever are watching, to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Give us wisdom and knowledge that we need to rightly divide this precious word and glorify thy Son. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. In verse 12, notice it says, giving thanks unto the Father. Notice giving thanks unto the Father, which he hath made us meet, or he hath made us fit, acceptable. So how is a man or a woman acceptable with God? It takes the Lord to make them acceptable, fit and meet. And notice the Father which hath made us meet, notice it's his doing, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So in verse 12, we are made, we are partakers, and we have an inheritance. 
in verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Who has delivered you, Christian, from the power of darkness? The Father has delivered you from the power of darkness. Notice this. We will look at this in a little more in depth. And he hath, what, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, or the son whom he loves, the son of his love. So he has delivered us from the power of darkness. The Father has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has translated us, where? Into the kingdom of the son, his son. So take note of this as we look on a little bit more. In whom we have redemption. In who then? Who is the in whom? The in whom is the Son. So the Father, He has made us acceptable, partakers with an inheritance. The Father has taken us and translated us into the kingdom of the Son. And the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son in him we have redemption. And how do we have the redemption? Through his blood. Through the blood of the Son of God. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then notice, even the forgiveness of sins. For by him. By who? By the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son. The Son was with God and is God, or the Word was with the Father. And here we have, for by Him we were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. I take note of this. This is part three of encounters with the spiritual realm. And since the Bible is telling us of a spiritual world before the world was made, before Adam was formed in the garden, the spiritual world was the world where God's abode was. In other words, it was the heavens. So there was a spiritual world. We know that as the Lord spoke the words into being, all things were made by him. That's what we're told here. John 3 tells us, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. There he is, making, speaking out. God's breathing out the word, and the word is forming and making. Take note of this, brothers and sisters. This spiritual world has an evil, a dark, and a demonic realm. An evil, a dark, and a demonic realm. When the Lord asked Job, or pardon me, asked Satan in the book of Job, whence comest thou? He says, I have been walking up and down in the earth and going to and fro in it. That's the word, I'm going to, to the Lord. I have been walking up and down in the earth, I'm going to and fro in it. So there's where he is. He's known as the prince of the power of the air. 
He's known as the God of this world, small g, meaning this world system, not that he governs this world because God is still on the throne. And then in 1 Peter, in chapter 5 and in verse 8, Peter warns us, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, roameth about seeking whom he may devour. And so hence, believer, this one, this lion, this one who's roaming about, going up and down in the earth, going to and fro, and all of those evil spirits, evil entities and forces with it, are wanting to destroy men and women's lives. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 10 and in verse 10, the thief, speaking of the devil, the enemy here of our soul, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And hence, when the thief comes to do that, we needed a remedy. We needed a savior. We needed someone to come and rescue, deliver us. So the father did it through his son. The Father did it through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus says, The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. So those who are not saved, those men and women who are not born again, like you were and like I was, we are under the manipulation, the control And even those before I was saved and others, not only manipulation and control, some are even under possession of the wicked one. Possession. And so we call them possessed. They do the wickedest of deeds. They don't realize that they are under the control of Satan. Every man and woman who has not come to the cross and by faith repented of their sins and been washed in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and have not been sealed with the spirit of promise, they're under the control of the devil. And this world system is his world system. The banking system, all the systems of this world are his. They're under the control of the devil. Notice here, it says the Father here hath delivered us in verse 13. Now the word delivered is the word ruomai. And listen to what it means. You and I know if we were to say, well, someone was delivered from alcohol or someone was delivered from drugs, just like me, just like I was. We know it means that they've been completely set free from it. Completely set free. I believe Jesus still completely sets the sinner free. Who believes he breaks the yokes of bondage over people? Of course he does. But notice this, brothers and sisters, the word here for delivered, ruomai, do you know what it means? It means to draw to oneself. To draw to oneself. Now, if you were drowning and you were going under for the last time and a boat came along and offered you a hand of life to draw you to the boat, 
would you have accepted it? Of course you would. You'd be glad of it, wouldn't you? Well, the idea in this is that the Father drew us to himself. How did he draw us to himself? By the Holy Spirit. Through the Word of God. The Father, through his Spirit, drew you to himself, drew you to his Son. And so, brothers and sisters, in this, it means to draw to oneself in order to rescue. So when you were in the world and you were drawn by the Spirit of God, the Father drew you to himself through the Son to the cross. There's your lifeboat, as it were, speaking reverently of the Lord. There's your life jacket. There's the hand of God, the arm of the Lord that has reached down in to rescue you. And you and I, we're unable to, we couldn't say no, could we? Irresistible grace laid hold on us. Irresistible grace laid hold on us and we couldn't say no because we'd die without it. And hence he drew us, as it were, to the life raft of the cross and we are under the blood of the Lamb. Brothers and sisters, Satan has no hold on you. Satan has no authority over you. So here's what I'm going to say, and it may be to one or some, it's to nobody in particular. So stop letting him rent a space in your mind. Stop letting him control areas of your life. He has no hold on you, no license nor authority to be on you because you are Christ's and Christ is delivered and hence you and I have a great inheritance. We have been translated. We are delivered. We've been drawn to the Father and we're washed in the blood. So when we look at this and we see this word power is the word exousia. And it gives the idea of license. It gives the idea of authority. And hence what it's saying here is, there is a power of darkness. In other words, darkness has a license over the man and woman who are not yet saved. Darkness rules in authority in their lives, no matter when they think it doesn't. For example, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, please, chapter 2 if you will. And remember part one, I told you how it ruined in my life. It ruined in my life. Ephesians chapter two, verse one. Notice, and you hath he quickened, this is the Holy Spirit. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. In other words, we wanted nothing to do with God. We didn't know him. We were dead toward God. And God made us alive, in other words, to draw us to himself. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Would you say according? Would you say it again? The word according there is the word kata, K-A-T-A, for your English spelling. And it gives the idea of a pressing down. To press down. Gives the idea of a dominance. Someone would domineer you. There's people who would try to domineer you, press you down. The devil was domineering your life. 
The devil was pressing you down, holding you down, had you in bondage, bondage of your sin. And sure, you're all right the way you are, trying to be nice to you while he was stealing, killing, and destroying you. Notice what it says here, according to the course of this world. In time past, you walked, I walked, according to the course of this world. There's it again, according to the prince of the power of the air, according to what the devil had for you. And you're dead to the things of God, so you have no real morals in the sense of godliness. So you don't realize that you're doing wrong even. It's what the world does. It's what it's good, and it's, it's what the flesh wants. And I notice this. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. One Greek term is the children that are impersuasible. You can't persuade them. That spirit once worked in you, and that spirit once worked in me. But glory to God, for we have got saved as the Holy Ghost works in us. Isn't that right, brothers and sisters? The Holy Ghost. So why do you let the devil use your mouth? Why let the devil take up thoughts in your head to destroy you? There's a spiritual world who will want, he cannot possess you, brothers and sisters, but he can oppress you. He cannot possess you. Away with these thoughts, but he can oppress you. Do you not know that greater is he that is in you and me? than he that is in where? The world. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. In other words, conversation means our lifestyle. In times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, notice, and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. In other words, even in our very nature, we had Adam's genes and germs. Father Adam gave us a lot of baggage. Father Adam gave us a lot of baggage. And we walked according to the power of the prince of the air. And we were under dominance and he was pressing us down and keeping us down and holding us down. He was stealing and he was killing. He was destroying us. Many lives and homes and families. Notice this. We were by nature, that is the nature of Adam and our genes, the children of wrath, even as others. In other words, you and I were under his wrath just the way they are who aren't saved. You and I were under the bondage just the way they are who are not saved. You and I were under the wrath, ready for wrath to be poured out upon us. Notice this, even as others. Even when we were dead in sins. Here Paul is rehearsing it again. We were dead. We were living a lifestyle. Some of us had a cleaner lifestyle, but nevertheless, you had Adam's genes. You had Adam's sin. You had Adam's germs in you. Notice this, brothers and sisters. Paul is emphasizing the nature of men and women and the sins of men and women, the lifestyles of men and women who are out there who many of us used to be like, 
maybe even worse. Maybe even worse. No doubt who Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Here we are, verse 5 again. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. The ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Do you know what this is telling me? You and I only understand a little bit, a little smidgen of the grace that he's going to show us. We'll see it all. We'll know it all. We'll receive it all. We'll, we'll rejoice in it all. The exceeding riches of his grace. When I think about it of men and women like me, like I used to be, like me. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you this. When you've got saved, when the Lord drew you to the Son, the Son has died for you, and the Spirit brought you to Christ, all of your sin was washed under the blood. Do you hear me? All of your sin was washed under the blood. Your past was washed under the blood. Your past was washed under the blood. And listen, your present sins are washed under the blood. They're under the blood. Listen, you know how powerful the blood of Jesus is? Your future sins have already been paid for. They're under the blood. So this demonic spiritual realm is real. It's very real. And the thing about it is, is people would want to do the devil's work. They want to bring things up to you. They want to do the worst by you. Brothers and sisters, the devil, you listen, they can, people can say what they want. They can bring up what they like. They can talk how they want. They can, they can stab your back. They can gossip. They can say all manner of evil against you. But listen, all of your past is gone. It's washed in the blood of the Lamb. So here's what... We want to go back to Colossians 1, please. Colossians chapter 1. This word here for power of darkness. I told you for one or two weeks of some of the things about the power of darkness before I was saved. And I've told you about even the power of God when he was done, when he healed as well. But this word power, exousia, it means license or authority. But in this context here, the power of darkness, in this context, it gives the idea of a license of tyranny. A license of tyranny, lawlessness, and unrestrained arbitrary power. That's what it means. 
So not only, the spiritual world not only is all about, you know, spirits as such, but it's about the spirits moving on people, on the world, on governments, on leaders, for ungodliness. And these spirits move, and we've seen much of it this last few years. The ungodliness of some of the laws, draconian tyranny that was brought into the land. We've seen it with our own eyes. We see it all the time whenever we look and see what's going on with all the laws that are being passed and brought into our country that are against God's laws. That's lawlessness. Listen, the opposite of law is not grace. Do you know that? Everybody thinks grace is the opposite of law. It isn't. The opposite of law is lawlessness. Here's the law. 30 mile an hour and don't break it. You're driving in your car and next thing you look at your car and you're doing 40. You've broke the law. Now if a policeman stops you and he's caught you at 40 mile an hour, does he say, does he say, you know what? The law says 30, you were doing 40, but sure, grace covers it all. (laughs) What nonsense. You're lawless, son, daughter, (laughs) sir, lady. You're lawless. And hence, there's a penalty for lawlessness. There's a penalty for it. And the idea here is that the power, the, the darkness has is the one, the, 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 the prince of the power of the air. The enemy has a license for your lawlessness. A license to find you with your soul, with your life, even by your very nature from Adam. Man says, you know what? I'm going to let you off this time. Don't do it again. That's grace. That's grace. But you were still lawless. But that's grace. Now, if he caught you a second time, you should have learned your lesson. I got a letter in the post a few months ago that I was doing 37 and a 30 up the north coast somewhere. And I had to go on to one of these driving course things and they had to do it online because, well, of everything that was happening. And I had to sit online. I, I it was about two or three hours, whatever it was, and pay 90 pounds or else it was going on to my license. So I had to sit and go through all of this. See, I didn't get off it. I had to pay something for my lawlessness. There was a fee, a charge for that. And in ourselves, we are, we are breaking God's law all the time. And the curse of the law came on us. But someone stepped in to pay our debt. Someone stepped in and says, I will pay their debt. And drew us out of our prison. Took off the chains of bondage and set us free. That's what Christ done with your sin. Sin is a transgression of God's law. He stepped in and he's paid your debt. And those who are not saved, they are still under that lawless curse, lawlessness curse. 
they're still under it and they're, they're bound even though maybe they're out walking around and they think they're free, but they're bound. And the devil has a license over them. But since you and I are under the blood, since you and I have been born again of the Spirit, washed in the blood, and since you and I belong to Christ, then the devil has no license over us. For example, in Luke 22 and verse 53, listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. Listen to what he said to those who came to arrest him in the garden that night of Gethsemane. He said, this is your hour. In other words, this hour was given to them. This moment was given to them by the Father. This is your hour and the power of darkness. In other words, you have license at this point to arrest me because my Father has allowed it. Because my Father has allowed it. And earlier in the chapter, while breaking bread with them, he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Notice, Satan has desired to have you. And the idea is, if I can get this right now, the idea is that all the disciples are here and he's looking at Peter, but he says, Satan has desired, and the way it reads in the Greek is, to have you all. Satan has desired to have you all. That's the way it reads. But I have prayed for you. For you, Peter. That thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The spiritual world was about to invade into the natural for the evil. And yet we believe that the devil can do all of these things and the enemy and wicked spirits, but we don't believe God still speaks by his spirit. What is wrong with that? We don't believe that God is still on the throne because we give the devil more credence than he's worthy of. According to this book that we read, the Bible says that he's a defeated foe. So this word translated simply means to move from one place to another. I moved that there earlier on. It was there, wasn't it? So that's you, and that's me. We have no way. That can't move itself, you know. Will yourself to move, you know. Hold on to us, speak to the stand for a moment. Move there, you know. Will yourself to move. Go on, will yourself, will yourself to come here. It can't do it. You know why it's an animate object? It's dead. Paul says we're dead in our trespasses and our sins. So the Father comes. draws us to himself. He draws us to himself. Now, when I think of that, you know what I think of? Who, me? Me? I still haven't got past it. Who, me? Remember when we were releasing our book, the publisher came and he says, have you thought of a title for your book? 
I says, I have. He says, well, what are you thinking of? I said, are you sure, Lord? He said, what? I said, are you sure, Lord? Ah, you can't call your book, are you sure, Lord? I says, why not? Why would you call it that? I says, because every time I think of me being covered in my... And every time I think of how he stepped in and rescued me, and every time I think of how he's covered my mistakes and, and how he's forgiven me day and daily, I just keep asking him, especially as being called into the ministry as a pastor, I go, are you sure, Lord? Are you sure? Because it's me. Are you sure, Lord, it's me? I'm, and I know the picture's my, I'm that guy. I'm that fellow, I, I'm him. Are you sure? But I was made, as it says in verse 12 of our reading, meet or fit to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Me. Nothing special. Left school without any qualifications. In fact, I left school before I was meant to leave school and I didn't go back. You sure, Lord? Obviously, the book wasn't called that in the end. He says, you can't call it that because it's as if God's not sure. Brothers and sisters, we have been translated. He took me from, remember I told you about the dark demon that came and lifted me out of myself? The dark demon that came and presented himself before me well, that dark demon held me and God came and he just lifted me right out and he says, come on, son. And he just set me in the kingdom of his dear son. Set me in the kingdom of the son of his love. You know, we have redemption through his blood, the scriptures tell us. And uh, the, the word redemption here in verse 14 it's a word, <clears throat> apolothrosis. It's made of apple and lutron. Apple gives the idea of away from, away from, you know, to go away from something. So here again, my friend, this music stand, I'm going away from him, from it, I should say. I'm going away from it. And Lutron gives the idea to release on the payment of a ransom. And the devil held you and the devil held me. And Christ paid his blood because it says that we, are, we have redemption through his blood. Notice, redemption not through who Ken is or was or could ever be in his own merit because I'm like that music stand. Move to me and I couldn't because I was dead. And my trespasses and in my sins. And so are you. But the Lord came and paid my debt and your debt. Gives the idea of a ransom paid in order to free a slave. Come here, set him free. What am I going to do now, Lord? He just lifts you, translates you from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Are you glad you're saved? Are you thankful that you're saved? I am. 
I heard of a, just last night of a, a long-time friend I had a run around with. Dropped out of a heart attack just yesterday. Dropped out of a heart attack. I think that by this age from where I was way those years ago when I got saved, would I even be alive at this point? I doubt it. Or maybe I'd have been imprisoned. It's strange that people have a level of what they can forgive, but God just forgives it all under the blood of Christ. You know, that the vilest of sinners who truly believe that moment from Jesus a pardon receives and was saying earlier, to God be the glory, great things he has done. And there's those who are, they're up here in the sinning level, as it were. And there are those who are maybe murderers, I mean, there's been terrorists. There's been gunmen and, and bombers and they've got saved. And what the church does, gives them the pulpit to give their gory details of their testimony. Listen, I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that if they've been saved. Then you get the odd person just somewhere handy who's went through a bad time in their marriage and, well, you're unforgivable. You're unforgivable. What's wrong with that? Brothers and sisters, when a man and a woman are washed in the blood, they're washed in the blood. They're washed. I better wrap this up. And in 1 John 3 and verse 8, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that's a good word, that manifest, isn't it? Notice, <clears throat> man, he fest. <laughs> Became a man. A man, a flesh and blood man. He wasn't a spirit. He didn't retain a, some sort of being, spiritual body while he walked on the earth. He was a human being born through the matrix of a virgin's womb. And he was a man. And the word to destroy, you know what it means? It's the word luo. It's very close to Lutheran. This is what it means. To loose a person. To loose a thing which has been tied or fastened. It gives the idea if someone's been tied up, hand and foot. You come over and you cut the ties off them. And you take them off their wrists and off their legs. And you throw them away from them. Remember Lazarus in the grave? Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes forth and he says, loose him, for the grave clothes were still on him. Leo means to unloose the grave clothes from him, take those bandages off of him. Why? Because can you imagine him walking around with all these bandages on him, trying to walk? Jesus says he's not fully free yet till he realizes he's been loosed. And he or she, whom the sun sets free is, shut it out. Come on, you should do better now. Shout out. Free You're free indeed. You're free indeed. That means to deny authority. So the Son, for this purpose was the Son of God, manifested that he might deny the works of the devil. 
or he might loose us. Uh, he might untie us, unfasten us, fasten us. Uh, and it means that he, might, that he might come to deny Satan the authority over us. Now, the word of the Lord to you this morning is you're set free. Don't go into a yoke of bondage again. The Lord has set you free from that through the blood of Christ. One little thing as I close here. Turn with me to Ephesians, please. You'll all know this very well, but it's Ephesians 6. I've taught in depth on this some time ago, but we'll just look at it and then we'll move. We'll just close up. We'll, We'll skip through a couple of the points here. Verse 10. Paul's writing this wonderful epistle to the Ephesians. It's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. Then he says, finally, my brethren. So he's going to wrap up the word. He's going to wrap up the letter. And what he's saying is, now, listen to me, brethren, before I close. That's what I'm saying. It's time to close. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Would you say be strong? Now, say it like I mean it. Okay, be strong in the Lord, not in your own strength, but in his, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spirits of wickedness in high places. Wherefore, now see the word wherefore, it means because of this. Wherefore, because of the, what we wrestle against. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor, not of metal, not of bronze, not of brass, not of silver, not of gold, but of God. Notice this is spiritual armor, but of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, capital S, the Holy Ghost, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, I got you to say strong, because we looked there, there's uh, was six parts to the armor of God. Six parts. There's the, the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, there's the feet shod, your shod feet, shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. Isn't that right? Which is the word of God. So there's six Glenn mentioned, wasn't it six you mentioned earlier, Glenn? Six. Six is the number of man. But there's actually seven. There's actually seven. See, when you said the word strong, it's the word endunomo. And it means to be clothed. To be clothed with strength. Gives the idea... So usually when someone is going out to battle with armor, they have an addresser, isn't that right? They put on their undergarment, which would have covered them. It wasn't bare metal or raw metal on bare flesh. 
they had a covering. And this covering was like a garment that they put on, like a linen pop, possibly linen garment, and then they started putting all their other parts on. So that is the seventh part that people forget. Let me tell you a story about this is true. Every one of you have this armor, okay? But people don't realize and know, haven't learned or studied how to put it on and how to wield it. Some years ago, I was asked to go and see a certain person and they, myself and the Norman went, we, when we went, we, we sat with them talking for some time. They started telling us about this, these thoughts that were coming to them uh, uh, from the, what they class was a, a spiritual realm. It was a darkness. But they started mentioning the names that came to them in prayer. While they're praying, thoughts came to them. I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to give the devil the glory. And the names they mentioned, I recognize them from, and look, and I'm not some sort of expert dealing with spiritual matters of demonic realm. I'm not, I, I'm not but I have been in certain circumstances to do that. To do that. Some of these names were the names that the occult uses and they were coming to this person. He says, why? It's as if I nearly leave myself. And I says, you know, that's transcendental and that is spiritism. Do not do that. Not if you're drawn or called, do not do this. And do not go into this form of prayer again. This is a spiritual world. There's a spiritual realm and you will get into trouble. Now you'll come to harm. Don't do it. So, okay, pastor, I won't. I drove off with this other guy with me. Hadn't got home and I got a, a, a call. You know what? I was seeking the Lord and the Lord told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. So I turned around again and drove back up again. I says, I can't say much if you're saying the Lord told you to do this, but I'm going to tell you now, you're going to come into trouble. Don't do it. Now, I'm telling you not to do it. No, the Lord's told me. I says, right, okay. Nothing I can do. Shortly afterwards, that person ended up with a serious mental breakdown. They ended up so sick in hospital with it. The words that I left, I said, You may have the arm, they mentioned the armor of God, and I said, you may have the armor of God, but you haven't learned how to dress yourself with it. And you certainly don't know what you're doing to use it. Don't do it. And this person ended up with a serious mental illness shortly afterwards. I'm going to do it, they said. I said, well, then you do that. I'm, I'm your shepherd, but if that's what you want to do, I can't, that's okay. If you want, the sheep wants to wander off, then there's no more I can do. Brothers and sisters, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's time to learn to use the armor of God. It's time to know how to put it on. It's time to know how to put it on. So people don't know how to use the sword of the Spirit. The Lord used it three times out of the book of Deuteronomy when the devil came to him. It is written, it is written, it is written. Three times he used it like a swordsman. The devil would flee for him for a season. 
maybe sometimes I seem harsh in certain areas like this, but that's because I'll give an account for your soul of how I stood and taught you, showed you. I'll give the account, and I'm always, always conscious of that. So I'll stand or fall by the Lord himself. Helmet of salvation. You know why? It's the mind. Listen, the mind's the battlefield. The mind's the battlefield where wars are won or wars are lost. It's the mind. That's why Paul says, put on the helmet. The fiery darts come, hits you in the head, you're gone. Put on the helmet of salvation. The girdle of truth. Everything tied to the girdle, by the way, had the girdle of truth. had the endunomo of this you're clothed with the strength of the Lord and then the girdle of truth would come on and then everything tied in. You had the, the girdle of truth. You had the breastplate of righteousness which tied into it. You had the sword of the Spirit tied in here and it was all flexible and movable. In other words, you have to be able to move about with these things. You have to be able to know what's right and wrong and discern the Spirit. breastplate of righteousness, knowing that you're righteous in Christ. It's not good enough just to say, oh, well, yeah, Jesus died for me and I'm righteous. Knowing that you're righteous. I'm trying to tell you this morning, know that you're righteous if you're in Christ. Be able to pull the sword out and say to the devil, it is written. The devil fires the the darts at you. Lift the the big shield of faith. Just keep walking. Listen, there's no... Armor in the back, by the way, do you know that? You know why? Because there's no turning and running. He'll get you in the back. Your feet shod. The, the stud, they used to have studs in their shoes then. And when the enemy's coming to push against, they dug their feet in like that, and they got their studs in, like football studs, only smaller. The shield up and they went like this. The studs were in the ground. Paul says, let the gospel be like the studs in your shoes. We're defending the gospel, defending the word. Pull out the sword of the spirit and hit them with it. That's what Paul's given us. God bless us this morning. I think I'll stop there with that series.